This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number 235 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. And today we have Julie Laporte. Now, she is the director of Ferpta Solutions. Julie, how are you doing? I am excellent. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, Julie, and uh, really looking forward to learning more about FERPTA solutions. Uh, uh, first and foremost, this this word FERPTA, um, what the heck does that mean? So let's get into it. Okay, so FERPTA is an acronym, F-I-R-P-T-A. It stands for the Foreign Investment and Real Property Tax Act. So, you know, back in the 80s, our government had this idea that foreign investors were buying up all kinds of real estate, selling it for huge profits, and there was no mechanism no mechanism in place to make sure that they were actually filing tax returns and, and paying their capital gains tax. So they enacted this thing, this withholding tax called FERPTA, and it basically applies to the sale of real estate by a foreign person. So in order to understand what we do, you know, you're absolutely right. You have to have a really basic understanding of what FERPTA even means because it's in our name. So FERPTA Solutions means that we provide solutions for people that have to deal with FERPTA in a real estate transaction. So we're an accounting firm in Cape Coral. <clears throat> we do operate nationwide. And uh, our business was started years ago by um, by another tax professional and, uh, you know, we're just doing one kind of two deals a week, maybe two, you know, four or five deals a month. And it grew out of necessity um, when we <clears throat> started seeing all these, you know, foreign investors buying a ton of real estate. And, you know, the Florida market is very fickle and very uh, cyclical. So it, you know, they come in, they buy at the right time, they sell at the right time. And there's been a lot of, a lot of other factors, but... <clears throat> What we do here is we just help foreign sellers through that withholding process. And, um, you know, it's a buyer and seller issue. So when we're not helping the, the sellers, we're, you know, helping the buyers in some ways. And we're helping our real estate professionals and we're helping our, our, uh, our title companies mm -hmm. and um, helping everybody through this process. That's like a necessary evil when you are dealing with foreign investors. Right, right. Wow. Yeah, one of those didn't even know it existed. Very interesting. <laughs> That's uh, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Yeah, well, tell us about the journey. I mean, how did you get involved? How did you guys come to this point where you kind of sounds like you spun off and decided to focus on this one thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I can't take credit for the company. It was uh, the brainchild of a, of another accountant in the area, but she was just kind of the go-to. But FERPTA wasn't really as popular several years ago as it is right now. So uh, the company has been around for a while, but in 2014 is when we really started picking up pace. And again, I, I think it's just because our, our market was changing. We had an influx of foreign investors. Um, you know, there was an election year. And so that spooked a lot of people. And so all the foreign investors were starting to sell and they were selling in large numbers. And so we went from, like I said, doing just a couple deals a month to 40 or 50 deals a month. Wow. And we did it, um, I don't wanna say overnight, it actually took us a, a lot of time uh, to, to grow that business, but when it did take off, it took off quickly. Um, and so one of our, our principles here at FERPTA Solutions, besides just providing the service is that we're really dedicated to creating awareness. So, you know, just like you said, uh, 
I've never even heard of FERPTA. I mean, you're not alone. And so uh, we're really focused on providing education, providing uh, training. I'm certified to do CE credit. So I travel the country, you know, providing education and, uh, and really just in an effort to, you know, create awareness about this withholding tax that applies to all real estate transactions, right? So hmm. um, we went from, you know, two to three people in the office to 12. Um, and then obviously, you know, COVID's changed our landscape a little bit, but uh, we are really trying to make a difference in our community and in our industry, especially, you know, when it comes to this withholding tax. And, and that's why we're in business is to be a resource, you know, a light in the darkness, if you will. <laughs> wow. Wow. How about myths in your industry? Do you hear things that aren't necessarily true? Uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's a loaded question. Uh, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's all kinds of, of myths. And I, and I think just because, I mean, I, I really don't think that there's anyone in our industry. I mean, I feel very confident, actually, that there's nobody in our industry that is doing anything with ill intent. They're not doing anything with a malicious heart. They're not trying to cause problems. But when you start crossing over into areas that you don't specialize in, there's bound to be issues, you know? So I always use the example of uh, like a doctor. So if I wouldn't go to my primary care physician and ask them to operate on my brain, I wouldn't go to a brain surgeon and ask them to, you know, uh, look at our a, you know, a rash on my foot or something, you know what I mean? Like you would go to the person that specializes in whatever it is that you're needing. And, you know, even in, in the real estate world, if, if I'm a first time home buyer, I'm not going to go to a real estate agent that markets themselves as a, you know, a, a commercial agent, just like I wouldn't go to a commercial agent and ask them to help me, you know, buy my first home. So, you know, you need to go where, the pros are in those areas. And so it's the same thing with, with us in this industry is FERPTA, the, the tax code itself can be very complicated. And if you're not <clears throat> doing these types of transactions on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, it's really hard to maintain that base knowledge, you know? And, um, so that's what I would say is, uh, you know, some of the things that we run into is just hear horror stories. You know, one of uh, years ago, there was a gentleman that called, uh, he was a buyer in a real estate transaction and he was just operating, um, in his best intentions. He was just trying to help the sale along and, and he didn't understand that by allowing, these certain delays in the timeline, he actually was creating a, a lot of liability for himself. Long story short, he ends up buying a property and the money wasn't sent in on time. This, this withholding that gets collected, which we haven't even talked about, but the money didn't get sent in on time. And he got a, a, a notice from the IRS that he owed $60,000 in penalties <laughs> and late fees. So, you know, his circumstances had changed since the time that he had bought the property and he didn't have the $60,000 to pay. And you know what happens with our government when you don't pay your taxes, you know, they garnish your wages and they put a tax lien against the property. And that's exactly what happened to him. And um, mm. it was a very, very sad situation. And, 
you know, he had a real, he had a real estate agent in the deal. He was being represented by an attorney. The seller was being, you know, had a CPA that was working on it, but they just didn't have a basic understanding of the deadlines and when things needed to be filed and it got missed. And unfortunately, as far as the IRS is concerned, they consider the buyer in the transaction to be the responsible party. The buyer had no idea. But here he is having this $60,000 penalty that he has to has to pay. You know, I'm not sure how he ended up handling that. I, I told him I wasn't able to help him in that situation. Mm. I don't know what he did from a civil point of view, but or who ended up paying it. But it, the IRS wasn't going to budge. They weren't going to no, no. <laughs> they weren't going to back down. From that. So, you know, it's a really it's a really serious situation. So, you know, when we talk about myths, there's there's so many myths when it comes to FERPTA because there's so many conflicting opinions, especially people that have been in the business for a really long time. If they've been doing something the same way for a really long time and they haven't really had any problems, then they just think that that's the yeah. right way to do it. You know what I mean? And that's, yeah. just, that's just human nature. And so, um, you know, we can't blame them for that, but it, it's when something goes wrong, do you know what to do, you know? Yeah. And so as far as the myths go, there's just way too many to mention in, in this format with you today. But I would say one of the biggest issues, if I can, is exactly what you hit on when we first started is just complete lack of awareness. Mm -hmm. I, almost, I almost wish that our government, you know, that the IRS would do some sort of a public service announcement or they would have some sort of standard pamphlet or something that every buyer had to sign off on when they bought a property because what buyers don't understand is they have an obligation to, to learn if their seller is foreign or not. Hmm. Well, how does the average buyer go about determining if their seller is foreign? Or not? <laughs> right. You know, do you hire a private investigator? Do you insist on looking at their tax returns? You know, like, how do you really go about this? And, um, you know, there's definitely uh, our government does give us some guidelines of how we need to go about that. But if you're just buying a house and you've never heard about FERPTA, I mean, how can you know what you don't know? Right. Wow. Right. But it's interesting, too, is that when you don't know and something goes wrong, you know, the the classic statement, you know, from the IRS is, I'm sorry, but it's no one's responsibility to file a tax return besides your own and not knowing is not an excuse. Mm. So yeah. if not knowing is not an excuse, then we have to do a better job of making sure that our buyers and sellers are, you know, educated about FERPTA with every transaction. Mm. All right. Wow. So... That's, that's intense. Isn't that intense? You know what's fun? I'll tell you something fun is uh, a couple years ago, um, again, all this all sprouted from the, that issue with that gentleman that called me because he was a grown man. He was crying on the phone. And when I hung up the phone, I was a changed person. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, why does this why does this keep happening? Why? How? Why does this like what's happening here? This is a nationwide issue. What's happening? And of course, it all comes down to education. Um, there's just not enough good education out there. And so um, I had this this idea a couple years ago. Um, again, my dream of the IRS coming out with a public service announcement. I don't think I'm ever really going to see that. So I'm like, well, what can I do? You know, I'm, I'm just one person in a small town, you know, in one state. Like, what can I do? And so I, I, I came up with this idea that I'm that I'm trying to promote and it's FERPTA first. So we just ordered t-shirts, <laughs> hashtag FERPTA first. Oh, and and I'll, I'll probably never be able to afford enough that every person can wear one. But the concept <laughs> is really is really simple. So usually 
in a real estate transaction, we're not really thinking about FERPTA as a as a as a whole until somebody comes out and says, "Hey, by the way, that buyer's from this country," or "Hey, by the way, that seller, you know, is 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 foreign or whatever." Mm. But we can't really take that for granted these days. You know what I mean? Like, how can you look at someone and know if they're foreign? How can right. you talk to someone and and know if they're foreign? Oh, how can you look at their name and and know if they're foreign? It's just not enough, right? Yeah, yeah. So you you almost have to assume that every transaction is subject to FERPTA until it's not. Yeah. And so that's the concept. That's the that's the idea. Is is FERPTA first? Yeah. Every transaction is subject to FERPTA first until it's not. And then maybe if I can get that rolling off people's tongue and and in the forefront of their mind, and we start talking about FERPTA, whether it's required or not in the beginning of a transaction instead of at the end, maybe then we'll see some some changes. You know, that's my hope. Love it, love it. Well, good luck with that. Jeez. I'll so, send you a shirt. <laughs> love it, love it. <laughs> so how about... What are you doing outside of FERPTA? What are you doing for fun? Oh my goodness. I mean, this is fun for me. Is that, is that ridiculous? I mean, literally, if when I'm, we have to think about it too. So, you know, all of our clients are foreign. So they're in different time zones. They're in different mm. time periods. They don't operate between nine to five. <laughs> so as, as much as I would like to say I'm not working when I'm not working, I, I'm, I'm working all the time, but it doesn't feel like work, you know? Mm. Um, so... Uh, but when I'm really not working, my, my husband and I, we have four, four children. The baby is 14. The oldest is 21. Wow. You know, really active in sports and busy with their friends. And, um, you know, so we, we try to spend a lot of time with family whenever we have an opportunity um, right. to do that. But, you know, on a personal level, uh, I'm always going to want to create. So whether it's a, a workflow or a process or you know, some slogan or some hashtag I'm always creating. So I'm a, I love to sing. I love to paint. I write poetry. I write music. Um, the other, <laughs> the other day I was desperate for a response from the IRS. And so I wrote a poem and I faxed it to them. Like oh. I'm so desperate to get a response right now. You know, COVID-19 is, you know, impacted people, you know, in, in really uh, alarming ways, but from just a, a processing point, you know, the IRS is uh, the, the departments that I need for my business, they've been shut down for months. And so, you know, getting responses, getting anything from them has been really, really difficult. And I was so desperate the other day, I literally wrote a poem and sent it <laughs> by fax. <laughs> and um, sad to say, I haven't received a response yet. I really thought it was going to work, but. Um, oh, my goodness. I love that. Kind of a goofball. <laughs> well, you should definitely send them a shirt as well. Maybe with the poem on the back. Great idea. Uh, how about hardship, Julie, when it comes to, uh, you know, looking back in life, uh, business, personal, uh, something that you've gotten through and you look back now and say, I'm better for it. We're stronger. What comes to mind? Um, gosh, I mean, every business has its hardships. Every life, every person has its hardships. And Definitely, we've had our fair share of them. Um, but for me, I'm, I do things with my heart, <laughs> which has been a blessing and a curse because it's hard for me sometimes to make, uh, you know, those really tough decisions that you have to when you're running a business. But also um, the, the blessing is that I've been able to 
you know, make friends with the people that I work with. And it's not uncommon for our, you know, our staff when we leave at the end of the day to say, okay, I love you. Bye. And, you know, we hug and, and love each other and, you know, promote each other in all kinds of areas. But, you know, from a business perspective, um, not only do I operate with my heart, but I'm also really hard on myself. Like I'm a perfectionist. And so one of the hardest things for me personally in my business has been to figure out a way to take something so specific, you know, this, this little niche that we have and develop workflows around it, develop processes around it. You know, it's, it's impossible in our business to be able to do, you know, to grow and to do massive amounts of applications and work and, and whatnot without being able to automate some of those processes. Well, we're, we're this hybrid, you know, we're not really an accounting firm and we're not really this and we're not really that. We're like this blend of all kinds of things. And you can't just walk into Office Depot and, and, and pull a box off the shelf that has this, you know, customer service program in it that, that I can use for my business. So I've had to, to morph some things together. I've had to manipulate systems that weren't designed for, for my use uh, to be able to work for us. And I would say as a whole, that's probably really been the hardest thing is to, you know, we just keep fine tuning. It's just never, I keep fine tuning and fine tuning. And you don't even know that you have a problem in your system until it's a problem. And so then you think, okay, well, how can I make sure that this never happens again? And so you have to, you know, just keep reworking and reworking and, and, and it's, you know, just this constant battle of, of, you know, just being perfect. So I have to, I have to, I just have to realize, you know, we're just like anybody else and we're learning and growing every day. And, you know, just to, to really just appreciate the journey and not so focused on, you know, finding perfection. So I love that answer. And, you know, I said, as business owners, I think there's a tendency to think that someday we're going to get to this nirvana state where, you know, all the systems are in place and we don't need to adapt or, and, but the reality is, I think it's a, it's the goal of a business to always uh, innovate. And oftentimes that comes from creating your own problems, right? You know, business growth, you know, finding these new avenues and niches that you go, no idea how we're going to pull this off, but we're going to figure out a way, right? And, and that's where you get creative and innovative and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So good for you. You have, to, you have to go with the flow too. You have to go with the trends and go with the flow. So when we, when we started, you know, really taking off in this business back in 2014, our business was 99% sellers and 1% buyers. Hmm. Well, as the time has gone by and, and as the awareness grew and buyers realized that they actually have a job to do when they buy real estate other than just buying the property. Um, now we have the shift where now we're 90% uh, of our business comes from sellers and the other 10% is coming from buyers who are desperate to you know, take care of, of whatever it is that they need to do. Yeah. They just need some help, you know? And so yeah. we're, we're starting to work with a lot of uh, more buyers and that's just, you know, that just comes from just the natural course of business. And, uh, and so it, it's fun to see those. And so now yeah. that we're working with more buyers, now we have to define, okay, what are we going to do for these buyers? Like, what are we not going to do for these buyers? Do, do we want to call it some fancy name? Like, you know, do we want to have some fun with it? Do we want to promote it? And so there's literally just something new every day for us to consider. And I just love that part. Yeah. Of it. It's well, you, my creator heart. 
you've mastered the fancy name, you know, <laughs> you know, with, with, you, like uh, you know, <laughs> that's great. How about, uh, Julie, one thing you wish our listeners knew about your company, what would that be? Um, I, I just wish that, um, well, I mean, first of all, I just hope that they know that we are here. I mean, there's, I hope that they know that there's somebody that specializes in this, if they have this issue and that we just really are, are, are customer service oriented. We have a diverse group of people here that speak several languages, which is helpful. We speak Spanish and Portuguese and mm-hmm. French and German and Creole. And uh, so it makes it easier for us to, to yeah. work with and communicate with the clients that we're helping. And, and we're also not a greedy group. So we're not an all or nothing company. So if, if, if you're, if you're a tax professional or you're, uh, you know, a, a tax attorney, and this just isn't your specialty, and you just need a little bit of help, then let's work together. You know, we're not a greedy group where it's all or nothing. If you want to do A, B, and C, and you just need help with D, well, then by golly, we're just going to do D for you. So we just we just want to make FERPTA better yeah. in whatever fashion or function we have to serve to do that. That's what we want is we just want FERPTA to be better. <laughs> We want All to right. here. Well, I'm sure we have listeners who want to learn more. Where should we send them? Um, so our website is www.ferptasolutions.com. Ferpta is F-I-R-P-T-A, solutions, plural. And um, But we also, they can call, they can email, uh, info at ferptasolutions.com. We use WhatsApp, we use FaceTime, we use Line and WeChat and any other application that they need to get a hold of us and... Um, and and we'll answer the phone. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Any time of day, it sounds like. It, well, yeah, <laughs> any time of day, pretty much. Well, Julie, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for the education on oh Perpta. You're so welcome. It, it will always be first in my heart. And, yes, uh, the next time you buy a house, right? The next time you yeah. go buy a house, even if you're not in the market, if you have children or grandchildren, brother, sister, cousin, niece, nephew, like, they have to know who their seller is because if they buy from a foreign seller and they don't deal with the withholding properly, they could be liable for that, for that money themselves. They might have to pay it. That's, that's serious stuff. That is jeez. Well, Julie, we wish you the absolute best. Thank you. Thank you, friend. Thank you for everything that you're doing for, for us and for our community. We, we need more people like you. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to goodneighborpodcast.com. That's goodneighborpodcast.com. Or call us at 239-224-4105.